Hello and welcome to Newman's Thoughts, a multimedia reading project from the Newman Institute for Catholic Thought and Culture to promote the thoughts and ideas of our patron saint, John Henry Newman. I'm Patrick Callahan, director of the Newman Institute. Today is day 19, and I'm reading section 6 of Discourse 2 to St. John Henry Newman's The Idea of a University. I'm using the Clooney Media edition of The Idea of a University. You can follow along with this or any other edition, or even online, via our daily email. St. John Henry Newman, The Idea of a University, Discourse 2, Theology, A Branch of Knowledge, Section 6. Here, however, it may be objected to me that this representation is certainly extreme, for the school in question does in fact lay great stress on the evidence afforded by the creation to the being and attributes of the Creator. I may be referred, for instance, to the words of one of the speakers on a memorable occasion. At the very time of laying the first stone of the University of London, I confess it, a learned person, since elevated to the Protestant see of Durham, which he still fills, opened the proceedings with prayer. He addressed the deity, as the authoritative report informs us, the whole surrounding assembly standing uncovered in solemn silence. Thou, he said, in the name of all present, thou hast constructed the vast fabric of the universe in so wonderful a manner, so arranged its motions, and so formed its productions, that the contemplation and study of thy works exercise at once the mind in the pursuit of human science, and lead it towards to divine truth. Here is apparently a distinct recognition that there is such a thing as truth in the province of religion. And did the passage stand by itself, and were it the only means we possessed of ascertaining the sentiments of the powerful body, whom this distinguished person there represented, it would, as far as it goes, be satisfactory, I admit it. And I admit also the recognition of the being and certain attributes of the deity, contained in the writings of the gifted person whom I have already quoted, whose genius, versatile and multiform as it is, in nothing has been so constant as in its devotion to the advancement of knowledge, scientific and literary. He then certainly, in his discourse of the objects, advantages, and pleasures of science, after variously illustrating what he terms its gratifying treats, crowns the catalogue with mention of the highest of all our gratifications in the contemplation of science, which he proceeds to explain thus. We are raised by them, says he, to an understanding of the infinite wisdom and goodness which the Creator has displayed in all his works. Not a step can be taken in any direction, he continues, without perceiving the most extraordinary traces of design, and the skill, everywhere conspicuous, is calculated in so vast a proportion of instances to promote the happiness of living creatures, and especially of ourselves, that we can feel no hesitation in concluding that if we knew the whole scheme of providence, every part would be in harmony with a plan of absolute benevolence. Independent, however, of this most consoling inference, the delight is inexpressible of being able to follow, as it were, with our eyes, the marvelous works of the great architect of nature, to trace the unbounded power and exquisite skill which are exhibited in the most minute as well as the mightiest parts of his system. The pleasure derived from this study is unceasing and so various that it never tires the appetites, but it is unlike the low gratifications of sense in another respect. It elevates and refines our nature, while those hurt the health, debase the understanding, and corrupt the feelings. It teaches us to look upon all earthly objects as insignificant and below our notice, except the pursuit of knowledge and the cultivation of virtue. That is to say, the strict performance of our duty in every relation of society, and it gives a dignity and importance to the enjoyment of life, which the frivolous and the groveling cannot even comprehend. Such are the words of this prominent champion of mixed education. If logical inference be, as it undoubtedly is, an instrument of truth, surely it may be answered to me in admitting the possibility of inferring the divine being and attributes from the phenomena of nature, he distinctly admits a basis of truth for the doctrines of religion. Thanks for listening to Newman's Thoughts. 
To discover more about today's readings or to download this season's reading guide, visit www.newmansthoughts.com. This has been a production of the Newman Institute for Catholic Thought and Culture, an apostle of the Diocese of Lincoln in partnership with St. Gregory the Great Seminary and the UNL Newman Center, St. Thomas Aquinas Church.